Welcome back to the Posting Up Podcast with your host, Alec Jesse, here on a Friday afternoon. I'm in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and uh, a little earlier than I I guess normally, but I, you know, first week of school, it's been kind of uh, chill as far as the, and and pretty light as far as any coursework, so I have time, and I didn't really get to preview much of the, this weekend's slate of games, and we have a big weekend slate of games coming up, Um, and a pretty crazy week as a whole from, uh, I recorded the thing last Sunday, from Monday to now we are Friday, really Monday to Thursday night. So some really good games to talk about. And we are hitting uh, a very pivotal point in the season now in late last week, weekend of January. Um, so uh, we have a lot of big games uh, to cover uh, this fine Friday afternoon. And... Um, so yeah, we'll just we'll jump right into it. Obviously, we have the SEC Big Twelve Challenge coming up uh, tomorrow. Uh, all throughout the day starts at I think uh, what noon Eastern uh, goes leads up all the way to the, uh, the the main event in Lexington, Kentucky. So we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about the games that led up that are you know that uh, that are leading up to uh, the challenge and some of those teams as well. So we'll kick it off. We'll, we'll go in somewhat of a chronological order. We'll kick it off with Monday. Um, we'll just go ahead and start with Michigan State. We'll, we'll, they played uh, last night as well, uh, so, so we'll just talk about their games. Michigan State um, is, is just – they're on fire. There's no other way to say it. They are arguably the hottest team in college basketball, maybe the hottest team in college basketball. I don't know if there's a team playing better than them right now at this moment. Um, it's close. I mean, you know, uh, and it's, you know, Tennessee's won, what, 17 straight games, something like that. Um, I think they may be the only other team in Power Five with a longer winning streak, uh, than Michigan State. But regardless, Michigan State just keeps cranking out good wins. Um, and I don't know exactly when it started. I mean, I guess when they. Be- after the, they lost a little, they began Big Ten play, and you know won those two games, won at Rutgers and won a, a home game against then 18th ranked Iowa, um, and they've really never looked back. Uh, winning at Florida, uh, at Ohio State, who was red hot coming in, gave them the first of five straight losses. Five, or, yeah, I think fivers, five, five straight losses. Um, beating a, a red hot Purdue, Purdue team, who they will face up next. And then uh, this three-game stretch is really impressive from Sparty at Nebraska, coming off of a win, coming off of a win against Indiana on the road. Nebraska was uh, Maryland at uh, at home, steamrolled them, beat them handily, sixty-nine, uh, fifty-five. It was Monday, and then just last night at Iowa again to complete the season sweep of the Hawkeyes, uh, eighty-two to sixty-seven. I mean, a 15-point road win against a top-20 team. And a team that's at full health, and I think Tyler Cook had been had been uh, hurt for a little bit. I think he, he recently came back. I mean, <laughs> it, it's kind of amazing because last year's team was kind of quite the opposite. This, year, this year's Michigan State team was kind of blah at the beginning, right? Kind of looked flat against Kansas. They ended up winning – or, only, or excuse me, not winning, losing by only five, but it was, Kansas was control pretty much the entire game. Oh, they picked up some steam at Vegas, beating UCLA and Texas and whatever, I, I forget what that uh, kind of early season tournament was called uh, over there. Then they lose to Louisville, then unranked Louisville, and, that, and then you're kind of like, eh, I don't know about this team, you know, like they look good, but they look solid, but not really uh, – Super impressive. And then, boom, they go on this win streak in which they've won two games against top 20 teams on the road. Um, another one, Maryland was red hot coming into that game, and they blew them out. Um, they, they look absolutely terrific right now. Uh, maybe the hottest team in college basketball. I, I think Cassius Winston at this point has to be 
the the Wooden Award winner, the uh, uh, College Basketball Player of the Year for whatever the award that is. Um, he's definitely a first team All American at this point. Uh, but he, I mean, he just is totally carrying this team. And what's so impressive is that they're missing their second, second, third, or third best player. Uh, Cash Winston's their best player, the most important player, no doubt. But Josh Langford, I mean, we're talking that that may be their best pro prospect on their team, and he's been out for a month. And it, they they've played almost better without him, uh, you could say. Uh, but I mean, Nick Ward. Kenny Goins down low. I mean, again, not they're not flashy, but they get the job done. Tons. They clean up the glass. Game in, game out. Really good passing team. Tough overall team. They're fantastic. And I think right now, you can't really find me four better teams in college basketball. Um, I, I may even put them third right now. I mean, they they are currently, um, they're currently one of the best. And uh, there, there's no other way. I mean, Aaron Henry, freshman, is coming in, giving him good minutes. Uh, he, he's stepping in for Langford, and he's giving him good minutes on both sides of the ball. Uh, everyone's kind of stepped up. Kyle Aarons is back, and it's like, well, that gives him another three-point shooter if he's healthy. They bring. I mean, if you get Nick Ward and Kenny or Kenny Goins in, in foul trouble, they bring in Xavier Tillman off the bench, who, who's a hoss himself and can shoot the ball a little bit. Uh, they have long freshmen in uh, Marcus Bingham and Gabe Brown that they can. I mean, they have just so many weapons. Um, and again, they're they're not the most talented team. They're, they don't have the athletes of a Duke or uh, Kentucky or Gonzaga even. But they're like them in Tennessee are kind of similar in the sense that like they just they're very fundamental. They're tough. They're hard nosed. I, I think Michigan State has slightly more talent than Tennessee. Uh, and Cassius Winston, uh, th- you knew when he committed to Michigan State, he was going to be a good college basketball player. Like, you knew he was going to be a really solid player. But I don't think we expected this. Like, he was good last year. He is great this year and should definitely be. Uh, and right now, I think, is the clear front runner for um, player of the year. I, I think, no doubt. So Michigan State just continues to stomp their competition. I mean, again, like a good Maryland team, a good Iowa team on the road, uh, easy wins. They play Purdue up next. I think that's, that, that game is on Sunday. Uh, that's kind of like your Sunday game to watch at Purdue. Purdue, another team that's red hot. Uh, they took a lot of their losses earlier in the year against ranked teams. And, uh, and now they are uh, – Carson Edwards has that team playing great. Uh, that'll be a really good test for Michigan State. Another road game against a great team, Carson Edwards versus Cassius Winston. Uh, State kind of uh, blew them out, really, for the most part, and um, the first time around. Um, but uh, they've they've been, uh, but Purdue has been red hot really uh, uh, ever since. I think what was Purdue's last game? We could do, go ahead and mention them as well. Hold on. Excuse me. Yeah, first time around, Michigan State kind of controlled it. It was, it was uh, seventy-seven to fifty-nine. It, it was it was a blowout in East Lansing, but I don't think anyone's winning in East Lansing this year. So that's nothing to really uh, hang your head about. Yeah. So I mean, since since losing at Michigan State uh, early mid January, uh, Purdue won at Wisconsin. I think that game went to overtime. Rutgers. Uh, Indiana, and the the, in the Wisconsin game was a road game at Wisconsin, and then they just won at Ohio State, uh, slumping Ohio State team. And at the, yeah, that was either their fifth or sixth loss in a row for the Buckeyes. They won that game handily, seventy nine to sixty seven. Purdue's playing really good basketball, um, and we'll talk a little bit about the bracket too. They're currently a five seed. A team with six losses already is a five seed, but again, they took a lot of those losses in non-conference against ranked teams, and, uh, and and well, and then their first I think Big Ten game was against Michigan. I mean, you talk about a tough draw, and Michigan was playing as, probably better basketball than anyone in the country uh, in in early December, late November. Um, yeah, so Carson Edwards and and Cassius Winston's that's going to be a fun matchup. Um, 
on on Sunday. So that's absolutely a game to watch for. Okay, so what other notable games did we have on Monday? So Carolina looks to be picking up some steam. They hosted Virginia Tech, and they blew them out. And Nazir, this is the scary thing for everyone that's not North Carolina, is Nazir Little, 23 points in 20 minutes. Uh, that has to be his career high. Uh, three assists, six rebounds. Looks like they finally fa- found out how to use him, right? Roy Williams trying, finally figuring out how to use this kid, and he's so talented, and he's going to be a top five, top ten pick. Um, so you might as well use him while you can. And he comes in and has a monster game off the bench. Colby White goes off. Um, they, they only get eight points from Cam Johnson. Didn't even matter. Uh, Garrison Brooks gave you twelve. Kenny Williams gave you. Uh, 10 points, but when Colby White and Nazir Little combine for was that, 50 points, you're not going to beat Carolina. Uh, it's just not going to happen. And Colby White, seven rebounds, six assists, uh, sure fi- four steals, surefire one and done point guard. Uh, he, he's a terrific athlete and a really good scorer. Yeah, Virginia Tech. Uh, still, I think I put them in my top ten. I'd probably take them out. They need Chris Clark back, and he's been suspended, I think, since November, early, early, way back, uh, November, December. He's been suspended since then. They need him back. They just don't have enough size. Uh, Kerry Blackshear, not a bad rim protector, pretty good rebounder. I mean, he had, he had a double-double in this game. It was really the lone bright spot for uh, Virginia Tech with uh, 19 points, 17 rebounds, uh, but he can't do it all down low. They just uh, – Buzz Williams having to throw out a four-guard lineup, and um, they can shoot the crap out of the ball. I mean, they did in this game, 13 for 28 from three. That's that's 46%. That's more than acceptable. But they just flat out do not have the interior defense. Um and really the athletes even on the perimeter to guard some of these teams, so they're going to struggle with that. But Carolina, uh, I felt pretty good about keeping them or putting them in my top ten coming into that game, and now I feel really good about it. They're clearly a top ten team. Um, I don't think that's even close. I know that they've taken some bad losses and they've taken some lumps, but so is some other teams that that are in there. I mean, Nevada getting slammed by... A bad New Mexico team. Kentucky losing to Seton Hall and Alabama. I mean, you, you know, uh, you're gonna. Some teams are gonna have losses like that. I mean, Duke losing at home to Syracuse. Um, you know, Carolina maybe has lost more games than they should have at this point. That doesn't mean that they're not a top ten team. And I think this game uh, definitely shows it. Uh, they're not top in, you know. They're not top five, but I think I definitely would put them probably, you know, eighth or ninth around there. They're really good. Um, they're better than last year's team. I, I never thought last year's team was very good. A team like Luke May is a nice piece for sure, and he's better than I thought he would be in a starting role. But if that is your, like, if that's your guy, like it was last year, Cameron Johnson was hurt la- most of last year. But when that's your guy and that that's your offense, and then you know, like Joel Berry and Theo Pinson are kind of the, the the top secondary guys, you're just not gonna be very good. And they got ran off the court by a much more athletic and talented team in Texas A&M. I wasn't surprised about that. I, I was really not surprised that that happened. And uh, I had been saying for a while, Carolina isn't good. And uh, and I stuck with it, and boom, they didn't make it out of the, the uh, they didn't make it out of the second round. This year they are good. This year they have more talent. They have more athleticism. They have a better point guard. Uh, Joel Berry's a great, you know, it was a really 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 good college point guard. But I think Colby White, as far as talent wise, athleticism, it's not even close. Um, talking about an NBA esque athlete at the point guard position. Uh, just more talent, more athleticism for this group. And Luke May isn't the center focus. And now Cam Johnson is back healthy. And, and I think he's an NBA player uh, for sure with the, with uh, his shooting ability and um, his ability to score really at all three levels. So I'm liking, uh, I'm liking North Carolina. Uh, we'll talk about Kansas. Uh, they, uh, they wanted Iowa State. Uh, but we'll talk about them when we talk uh, Kentucky and Kansas. Coming up here in just a moment. Okay, Duke. Duke won again. I, yeah, well, 
Should we go back to Kansas? We can go back to Kansas real fast, then we'll then we'll talk about Duke. Uh, so Kansas uh, played Iowa State on um, on a Monday, another big Monday game, and it was probably closer than what it needed to be. Uh, there was a point. There were some points there where Iowa State. I think they got up by as much as ten or ten or eight, uh, but were were never really able to pull away. Uh, then Kansas, I think. Late second half, kind of got got a little, got a solid lead, and then you know ended up being pretty close all the way to the end. And Dedrick Lawson helped uh, put the finishing touches on it. Kansas, you know, and I was I was reading some predictions, uh, on ESPN for the game on Saturday, and it, it was just a lot of confusion from Kansas. Like, is this team any good? And and we, you know we don't like it's they don't know at this point like it's just without uh, Yudoka Azabuki like what's their identity like you know you're gonna get it from Dedrick Lawson who else are you gonna get it from Marcus Garrett's pretty good like he's impressed he he's been pretty impressive the last three games they needed him I mean they've had to have him um, he wasn't great against West Virginia but the uh, game before that against Texas I mean he he I think he had twenty points he had a career high had to have that to win that game. Um, but it's just, you know, Dedrick Lawson saves him at 29-15. and 15. I wasn't too high on him coming into the year, and then he kind of bombed against Michigan State in that opener. I was like, see, you know, don't crown this dude an All-American yet, but he's been terrific really ever since, um, proving me wrong. Really, really solid college basketball player. Again, I, I, him and Reed Travis are very similar to me, except he's probably – he's better offensively. He He's more – he's a bit more dynamic offensively, but – you know that old man's game, not super athletic, not super long. Uh, d- doesn't really jump up, doesn't play above the rim. That kind of, I mean, they're they're similar in that kind of, uh, in that kind of aspect. But other than him, it's like who do they got? If Gerald Vick isn't hot, who else is scoring for him? Like Devin Dodson will give you ten, okay, but he's the point guard, right? You want him dishing out like he had eight assists in, against Iowa State. That's kind of your role. He's not a score first guard. That's not really the role I think that Bill Self wants for him. Quentin Grimes threw up a donut in this game, and I don't understand. I mean, he put he had one stat, one stat the entire game, one statistic, one steal. That was it. No rebounds, no assists, no points. Uh, didn't turn the ball over, didn't foul, but nothing. And Kansas, especially now with Doak out, I mean, there's no margin for it. They, he has to be good. He has to be good. I mean, what Kelton Johnson is for Kentucky, he has to be that, that that kind of good for Kansas. And maybe, you know, now they're different players. You know, Kelton Johnson, a bigger body, uh, a forward. Quentin Grimes more of a, you know, a, a, he can play on or off the ball. He's a guard. Uh, but I'm talking about a 6'5 guy uh, that, that could, one of the best shooters in the 2018 class. I mean, could stroke it. And he gives you absolutely nothing. And... It, it it's bizarre to me that he has struggled as much as he has. Because, I mean, and, and usually it's the guys that struggle early as far as the incoming freshmen are the big guys. It's the big guys. You know, the bigs, it's like you were able to bully ball in high school and AAU, and, uh, and then you get into college, and even the bad teams, they got grown men on the other side. And even if they're not very good, you can't bully ball them. Like, I mean, that, that was Tennessee f- to Kentucky all these years. Kentucky bringing all these five star big dudes, but Grant this was this was two years ago before he before he was like a big time name. Grant Williams is still bodying Bam out of bio, and it's like what's going on, you know, and that's kind of what it was. Even the bad teams had grown, and and Grant Williams actually a freshman then. Now he's you know junior at this point, but that was that wasn't just Tennessee. I mean, it's for and, and same with Duke. I mean, they go against teams. Marquise Bolton, for example, I mean, was horrible that freshman year. So it's usually the bigs that struggle. Um, but it, but guards usually acclimate pretty well because you're not you're not banging. It's not as physical out on the perimeter. If you can shoot, that that translates pretty immediately to the college game. There isn't much like you don't get to the, I mean, like maybe guys are longer and and more fundamental in their defense, but. Uh, but shooting translates like that, like boom, like that. So I, I don't get it why Quentin Grimes has struggled so much. And he was so good that first game. 
He was so good that first game, and he's just been terrible ever since. I don't understand. Um, but it's hard for me to imagine Kansas hitting uh, their stride um, the the rest of the year if he's not good. And for Iowa State, tough luck loss. I think they, they lost twice. Or who? Let's see. They lost. Uh, actually, no. They were coming in in the game with t- uh, two wins. They they had lost two in a row, and then they, they won two in a row. They won at Texas Tech and beat Oklahoma State. So uh, that that ended their win streak. But Mariel Mariel Shayok, uh, the transfer from Virginia, has been a lot better than I thought he was. Really good score, uh, twenty six points in this game. Taylor Horton Tucker is a one and done freshman. You're sure no one's really heard of him, right? Like he's not a he wasn't like a five star recruit. He wasn't a top ten guy. He was kind of the you know in the fifties range, but really talented. And uh, when when Lindell Wigington was out in November, he was kind of carrying the team um, in Maui and some of those uh, uh, early season games. But my goodness, he he is a, he is a special talent. Fouled out in this game, and he still had sixteen points. Um, Steve Prom has a really good team, and this Iowa State team's a legit top twenty-five team. I, I didn't think they were you know, last year; they really bombed. So I figured this year would be kind of a rebuilding year. But behind Shayok and uh, Horton Tucker, that they've been pretty good, and and, Linda, and a sophomore Lindell Wigington as well. Um, they've been pretty. Uh, they've been pretty impressive this season. Hold on, let me. All right, now we'll talk about Duke. So the Dukies went to Pittsburgh, and uh, they, they kind of did their thing. Um, really, really the same, right? Like, not a whole lot different. Zion's the best player in the country, um, the most athletic, talented player in the country. I still think Cassius Winston would be my vote for player of the year because of just how important he is and how he has carried Michigan State. Like like even if Zion's out, Barrett could win you a game for but but if Cassius Winston was out, I don't know how Michigan State would win a game. Uh but regardless, he he's like your top pick and he's terrific and I it's pretty insane. Like I, I knew he was gonna be good, but this good no, I couldn't have predicted this. I think most people couldn't have predicted this. Uh, seven rebounds, seven assists, 25, 25 points is like a – if you hold him to – like when Kentucky held him to 20 points in the season, that was good. It was actually really good. Like to, to hold him to just 20 points, um, he's insane. Barrett, you know, he does his thing, pretty inefficient, but he scores a lot of points. Um, still a great offensive player. Still a dude that's impossible. You can't really shut him down. He's going to get his – I mean, he's becoming kind of the James Harden – of college basketball, right? I mean, he takes a ton of shots. He's going to get his. He doesn't score 30 points every game like Harden. He scores like 20 to, yeah, 20 points pretty much every game. I mean, he's fairly inefficient. Uh, he'll hit a, he'll hit, he's not a bad shooter, but not a great shooter. So he, he doesn't really have that going for him. But he, but he kind of gets his. I mean, he, he's going to, he's going to score his points. So now it's just like, what do you, well, you're going to get like close to 50 from, Zion Barrett. I mean, you can kind of count on that. Like, they're going to get around 50 those two. So, what do you do with the rest of the team? It, it just shocked me this season how bad Cameron Reddish has been. Um, he had 15 points in this game. Um, but he was 4 of 16 from the floor. 3 of 10 from 3. It, I, I don't know. It, it has stunned me. Because you'd figure without having to be the spotlight of the team... Less pressure, less less defensive attention. He might be able to come out. Now he had you know he had the really good game against Florida State against Kentucky. He was hitting a bunch of shots early in that game. I haven't watched a ton of like Duke all the way through, but it seems like whenever he's all of his games, it's like a, a four for sixteen from the floor. You know, like he'll hit or he'll hit like he one for six from three, uh, three for ten from three in this game, um, and he and he's always in foul trouble. I, like I don't understand. He is too talented of a player. Like at this point, who'd you take for college basketball purposes on your team? Kelton Johnson or Cameron Reddish? I think the answer is easy. It's Kelton Johnson. Even when Kelton Johnson struggles, like you take him at this point because he scores the ball better. Like when Kelton Johnson's engaged, he scores. Like Cameron Reddish hasn't proven he can consistently 
score. I mean, he stepped up again. You know, he stepped up against Florida State, but there's not a whole lot of other games he has. You know, 15 points and 16 shots is, you know, is not not very good. Um, but regardless, Duke continues to win without Trey Jones. This wasn't a game they were really – I mean, Duke, your Pittsburgh's not very good. Um, I I don't think I don't think they're in the tournament right now. Let me check, see if they were in the updated. I don't yeah I don't believe Pittsburgh. They're not going to be a tournament team. So this was a pretty hand. Uh, you know Duke was up nineteen to half. They got cruised to victory in this game. Um, Duke's schedule is really easy for the next month. So or month two. Two weeks. They got, yeah, two weeks. Not a month, half a month. Georgia Tech at home on uh, Saturday. Then Notre Dame. St. John's at home. They've been struggling recently. And then Boston College at home. So three home games. Um, only one of those games is a team currently projected in the field in St. John's. And that's a home game. And St. John's is like in the last, like, they're in like the, uh, the last four buys. Yeah, last four buys uh, in the uh, in Lenardi's latest bracket. So they're going to cruise. But then the next game is at Virginia in Charlottesville. And I would like to think by then Trey Jones is back. And th- that's going to be the game, right? That's – okay, now, you know, Duke's outside of – they're outside of Cameron. They're probably – I think they're going to be at full health, I would guess. Um, and, you know, mono mono, let's go. So that's a game to look for, but Duke's going to cruise. So if we don't talk about Duke in the next couple episodes, it's because they've destroyed inferior teams. If we talk about Duke, it's probably because they they lost or it was it way too, uh, or, or the game was way too close to call. But if they do what they normally, I mean, there's not really much analysis to it. They're good. They're, in my opinion, the top team in the country at full health. Um, uh, right now, I'd honestly – we'll talk about this, I guess, toward the end. I'd probably put Gonzaga ahead of them right now with Trey Jones out. But when Trey Jones is healthy, I, I, I'd, I'd put Duke at number one uh, for sure. Uh, Virginia bounces back with a win over Wake Forest. I don't – do they have any big games coming up? I don't – they go to Notre Dame on Saturday. Yeah, is that – yeah, Saturday. That should be an easy win for them. Notre Dame's not very good. Then they go to Carolina State. That could be interesting, but Carolina State's been struggling a little bit recently. Home against Miami, and then Duke again. Uh, so they should probably they'll they'll probably be undefeated because Virginia doesn't really get phased by road games. I know they lost at Duke, but I mean that, that we're talking about Duke. Um, Carol, North Carolina State is not quite that level, obviously. Um, so now to some interesting games. Oh, well, Texas Tech, we'll talk, like, now their third straight loss. They went from a bona fide two seed in the tournament. Now they're all the way down to a four. Um, again, no offense. It, and they, they're like Virginia, except they can't score. And they're really they're the best defensive team on Ken Palm, top in defense, uh, defensive efficiency, but they can't score. They, they just don't have any other options. It's Jared Culver a bust. And you know, Matt Mooney comes in the grad transfer, hasn't had a great impact. David Dad Moretti, uh, they're, uh, I think he's a sophomore point guard, uh, just not really a primed score at this point, a polished score. Brandon Francis has not been a, that's not really, he hasn't been a high volume scorer in his career. I think he's, he's a, he's a fifth year senior. Uh, Odiasi, again, not much of a scorer either. Tariq Owens gave him 12 off the bench, but that's not like they, – they, they don't have a ton of high-volume scores. They don't have a ton of dudes that can create their own shot. It's Jared Culver or Bust, and he gets all the attention, and no one else can make him pay. Kansas State here wins a slugfest. Um, that was the th- – uh, beats Texas Tech in a slugfest of 58-45. to 45. I mean, goodness gracious. So the first team to 51 um, – uh, Kansas State, on the other hand, has looked really nice since Dean Wade's come back. I know he's had some foot troubles. I think that they've gone on somewhat of a winning streak. They've looked really good. They, yeah, they lost their first two conference games. Texas at home killed them by 20. And then they lost at Tech. Texas Tech, so they beat them in the return game. They've won, uh, I believe that's five straight. Uh, West Virginia uh, at home. Then they won at Iowa State, won at Oklahoma, back-to-back wins against top uh, 
against top 25 teams, and they still weren't ranked. And then they beat TCU. They just beat Texas Tech. They go to Texas A&M uh, in the challenge, in the Big 12 SEC challenge. So they'll, they'll win that game, and they, they'll end up being ranked uh, next week. I, I don't get how they weren't ranked uh, at the beginning. Um, but you know Barry Brown Jr.'s had a, a nice offensive stretch. This is a really good. This is a really solid team. Um, but yeah, they've definitely performed after underwhelming a bit in non-conference play, and then starting conference play off on the wrong foot. They've really turned it around. So Kansas State and Texas Tech going completely opposite directions at this point. Michigan. Coming off their first loss of the season at Wisconsin, which I don't put a whole lot of stock into. But here we go. They play Minnesota at home uh, Tuesday, and it was quite a nail-biter. Um, too close for comfort. Quite Game went kind of every which way. Minnesota had a, had a solid lead in the first half, and then Michigan closed the gap. They were only down by three at halftime. And then Michigan had a big run, that they and they got up by as much as 13, and then a 10-0 run at the end of the game tied it up, 57 all. Um, Charles Matthews, however, Charles Matthews ended up hitting the game-winning shot with like .1 left, uh, and uh, the Wolverines prevailed at home, 59-57. Yeah, Michigan... This is a really good team. I don't think they're going to be a one seed, though. I think Michigan State's better than Michigan, Uh, definitely at this point. Um, If they played today, whether it was in Ann Arbor or in East Lansing, I think State would win. Uh, That could change, though. They don't don't play in a little bit. I don't know when when they play uh, exactly. But Michigan can be a little bit offensively challenged at times. They shot three for 22 from three. If they're not hitting threes, they don't have a lot of avenues for offense. John Teske's been their best player the past two games. He's been terrific. In both games, they've scored less than 60 points. Um, they don't have enough. Like, they have a lot of guys that, that are built on shooting threes, like um, Bryce Degas, uh, Jordan Poole, um, Isaiah Livers. He's a stretch four. Like, Eli Brooks, they bring a guard off the bench. Like, Charles Matthews is a bit he, – he's a playmate. He, he, he can slash a little bit. But if he doesn't bring it, then, you know, because Xavier Simpson's not a scorer. He's a facilitator. He, he has been – he has had some good scoring games, but that's not really his, his forte. That's not really what he does. Um, so, if Charles Matthews you know, only had seven points in this game, it, it's, a, it's kind of a miracle they win games when he scores less than, like, 15 points because that's a dude that that he has to be scoring 15 16 a game. Bryce Davis is kind of their best score all around, um, but um, he uh, but he's only you know he's a freshman. They they need they and they need other guys around him. They need more than just Bryce Davis and Charles Matthews. John Teske isn't much of like a. I mean he he's he's a back to the basket kind of a player. He's a dude that feeds off of facility, you know, good facilitating. So, Michigan's got to find John Beeline. I mean, in, in most of his teams, it's the opposite, right? They they don't they don't play a ton of defense, and they're really good offensively. Think about the team two years ago uh, with uh, Derek Walton, Zach Irvin. I mean, that team scored a ton of points, ton of points. And you know, last year's Michigan team, especially in the tournament time, was a really good defensively, and this team. Uh, call, it's calling Carter's defense as well, but their offense hasn't been showing up lately, and that's why you're getting scares uh, at home against Minnesota, who isn't a terrible team. They're they're going to be living on the bubble here, but it's a team that Michigan should probably be beating by 10 to 15 at home in conference play. Um, but they struggled a bit with this game. They really did. So for Michigan coming up, you have Indiana tonight. That's right. They play So they play Indiana tonight. And then they play Ohio State on Tuesday at home. Well, good thing for them. I'm going to get a drink of water real fast. Uh, but the good thing for Michigan is is that Indiana is really, really slumping at this point. So it's a good team to play. I'll be right back. Ooh, didn't want to start coughing again. 
Oh, thank you for your patience. Alrighty. Well, shoot. Let's talk about Indiana real fast. I'm kind of getting off track here. We got we got plenty of time though to talk about uh, some other teams. Indiana is. Uh, you talk about another team that is just in absolute disarray. The Indiana Hoosiers have lost now five straight, going from twelve and two to twelve and seven. Uh, their losses go, as goes at Michigan, not a bad loss. At Maryland, okay, that, those two are that's two tough road games, right? At home, Nebraska, they got to find a way to win that game. <coughs> at Purdue, again, a tough road game, but you, you kind of get blown out. And then at Northwestern, you have to win that game. You have to, like, at worst, it should be fourteen and five. And for fourteen and five, I mean, that's again, that's 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 still what losing three of five, three of five. But I mean, Indiana's starting to feel the heat. Uh, let me find them in the latest bracketology here. And yeah, the, now a nine seed. I mean, and I think a couple weeks ago they were high, as high as a four or five. So they are falling fast. And now, they, but now it's a really good opportunity for both teams. Uh, Michigan's been struggling a little bit. Now you're playing a str- uh, another struggling team. You can kind of get right. And for Indiana, what perfect way to in, break this losing streak by putting it together and uh, beating Michigan? But do they? I mean, do they have enough? I mean, that's kind of been like the the question. Does Archie Miller have enough? And at his disposal, I mean, you'd think. I mean, having Romeo Langford, who is a terrific talent, a one and done player, probably five, top five, top six pick in the upcoming draft. Um, having a guy like that, convincing him to stay home, and this is the result. I mean, that's that's, that's just an absolute gut check, right? And they're, they're not as deep. No, they don't have maybe as much time. But it's, is there a fix for Indiana? Like, Indiana has not been kind of Indiana since really I feel like Bobby Knight's gone. And they've gone through a lot of coaches. And, it has, and Kelvin Sampson was there. And it didn't work out. And look at him at Houston now. Houston's one of the – I mean, they've lost one game all year. I mean, they've lost one game all year. And they just went to the tournament last year. I mean, how many tournament games has Indiana won in the last five years? I, mean, I, I, I know they – I mean, they've won at least, what, two? Two, maybe three? I mean, you know, for, for a program with this, with such a history, it's just kind of – it, it, it seems unacceptable. I know Dockage, uh, Dan Dockage went on quite a rant about Indiana basketball – a while back, and it, I mean, but it, it's true. I mean, this team, I don't you get as much time. You know, they got a great class last year, and and I know that they didn't have Tom Crean didn't leave Archie Miller a whole lot, but they're not this year, too. Year one was acceptable to struggle. This year, two, and you have you know, top five, top, you know, or top ten recruit Romeo Langford, best player the state of Indiana has pr- produced in a while. And this is the result. It's it's quite it's got to be very frustrating for Indiana Hoosier fans. Um, and now, I mean, losing to Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern is a joke. That's a joke with basketball, with all due respect. Or they, their history has been a joke. You know, I know they made the tournament a couple years ago, and it was great. Won't run, but compared to Indiana, they're a joke as far as being a college basketball program. Their their history and tradition and whatnot. So I, you know. I don't know, but th- th- this is a prime opportunity to get back uh, and to, uh, you know, kind of get – to kind of right the ship and then kind of you – know, you win this game for Indiana, okay, we can, yeah, that, that's a nice – like you, you can breathe a little bit. You, you can take a breath. I'm trying to see. So we're going to talk about Kentucky and Tennessee, and then we'll we'll get into – in Louisville. I want to talk about Louisville for a second, and then we're going to get into the kind of the predictions for the SEC. And then also, you know, kind of like re do redo the top 10 uh, cuz I know I did my top 10. I want I want to kind of redo that. Kind of kind of keep shifting it or, you know, reshuffling it because I, I think that's a good thing to have uh kind of as a good indicator. So Kentucky. Um they were really good. They were really really good on Tuesday. Oh, it was very interesting. So I I I got to watch most of this game. And the first 10 minutes, Kentucky looked great. The last 10 minutes, Kentucky looked great. The middle 20, not very good. Like, they were average. 
Uh, and Cal went to his bench uh, after the first 10 minutes, and that's where Mississippi State kind of made a run. And then essentially Mississippi State and Kentucky played to a draw. Because the, where the – so Kentucky ended up winning, spoiler alert. Kentucky won tw- uh, 76 of 55. The padding of that lead came in the first 20 – or first 10 in the la- in the latter 10, the last 10 right, of the 40 minutes. That's where it came. So they played pretty much to a draw in that middle 20. Um, if Kentucky did not turn the ball over and did not give up 15 off the rebounds, they would have won the game by 40. They would have doubled their lead. I, I firmly believe that. They missed a couple. They missed some free throws here. But, I mean, 17 turnovers. Um, missed a lot of shots down low. And that's been happening a lot this year. So I don't know if that's – it's kind of like – I don't know how much of a fluke it is, but still missed a lot of one-footers. Um, and then gave up 15 offensive rebounds, which I, State had a, they had a little – they had a decent amount of second-chance points. Not a ton, but they, they like a, a solid little chunk. Um, but to the good, uh, I was worried about Kentucky against a massive Mississippi State front court, and that is what they have. And Eric Holman, Abdul Adu, and they bring in Link off the bench um, in Reggie Perry – and Robert Woodard. Robert Woodard's the guy that really killed Kentucky on the boards. Had 13 rebounds. Couldn't score. Only had four points. 13 rebounds, six offensive, and seven defensive. I mean, he he, he was kind of he was crashing the boards. He was causing a lot of those rebounds. Um, but what they did to Eric Coleman was really really impressive. Uh, fouled him out, which I said they got to get one of those dudes in foul trouble. One of those big dudes. They've got to get him in foul trouble, and they got him in foul trouble. Two rebounds, zero points. O of two, only took two shots. O of two from three. That's really impressive. You talking about a, a big dude that's really good? A, a guy that that's probably state's best, you know, um, pro prospect. And you shut him down. Abdullah do three turnovers. I mean, both between the two, they got five of the six blocks. But that Kentucky's going to get their shot blocked with the way they play, kind of, and with their personnel. That's going to happen. But it's not like it was just block city. But it's not. It, it, there wasn't like ten blocks between the two. Five, okay. You, you live with it. Uh, Kundari Weatherspoon got his, but you're okay with that. You can live with Kundari Weatherspoon get, getting his. No one else really beat you. Lamar Peters. I said that was one of Kentucky's big challenges uh, at the point guard position that they're going to face. I mean, you're ranking the SEC point guards. Uh, you know, I'm thinking in no particular order. You know, Hagens would be one of them. Uh, Jared Harper for sure, Tremont Waters without a doubt, uh, Lamar Peters, and then you know maybe you know I think you know Jordan Bone could be the is in the conversation. Uh, Saban Lee for Vanderbilt's really good. Um, trying to think of who else off the top of my head. Um, Kyra Lewis will be probably in ne- next year. He'll be a top five, but not this year though. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you – so there's a lot of good point guards in the SEC, and I, I think Lamar Peters is one of the top five. And they shut him down, only five points on two of nine shooting. Great defensive performance. Mississippi State, I, th- I think I was wrong. I think I said that they were not a great three-point shooting team in the last podcast. I don't remember if I said that or if I just thought it. Um, but they're, they're 38% coming into the game, which is a pretty solid clip, and they were, I think, second in the SEC and either threes made or that shooting percentage. So they're they're a pretty good shooting team, three of twenty from from three. I mean that, that that's how you win a game. And Kentucky, on the other hand, Tyler Hero has woken up, uh, eighteen points, uh, three of three from three. See, against Georgia, he played a really good game, but his shot wasn't falling. He still ended up scoring like twelve points, but his shot really wasn't falling. But he helped Kentucky win in other facets. He has turned in himself to a really nice defender. He, he he gets he makes plays defensively and gets steals. Um, he still struggles to post entry, but you know it happens. Uh, terrific, terrific game from Tyler Hero. Maybe the best all around he's played. I mean, he played really good against Auburn, and he was really good in this one. Kelton had like the first seven points for Kentucky in the game, but he got into foul trouble and he ended up with nine. I'm not really worried about that. I mean, he played only 26 minutes, uh, nine points on eight shots. He just he he didn't seem to be totally engaged on the defensive end or excuse me on the offensive end uh but he he ended up with three steals so he he was he was pretty good defensively but I'm not too worried about him I, I 
the get right game was Auburn. He needed that one. He got it. You know, and he was solid in this game. Uh, he missed a dunk. That was bad. Kentucky missed two dunks in a row early on. Uh, uh, again, that was another <laughs> something that could have really padded the lead as well. Uh, P.J. Washington was the real story of this game. Was awesome. He. This is what Kentucky fans have been waiting for. You know, this guy comes back. When is he going to show up? Like, give us something, dude. And he gives you 21 points, four blocks, six rebounds. Was t- three of five from three. Not the free throw line. From three. Hits three three-pointers. He's up to f- over 40% for the season. Um, three-point attempts. Uh, has been scorching from deep the last three games. I mean, th- now all of a sudden, okay. Like, th- this is this is the guy that that you know that Kentucky fans had been waiting for that the returner that they'd been waiting for and he pretty much closed out the game I mean he, he you know Mississippi State there was a point they got to within two Kentucky got it to back out to eight which EJ Montgomery had a great block um that set up a that set up a transition bucket for Kentucky they never really looked back after that <coughs> um but the, in they got it to like eight and, and Kentucky, neither team was really scoring. It stayed, it stayed at eight for a little bit, quickly hit a three, and then P.J. kind of just went off. He had like he had probably 10 of his 21 in that final little stretch. Uh, he was terrific. Hagen's dished out a nine assists. That has to be a career high for him, a season high for him. Uh, he, he was good. Nick Richards gives you eight points, uh, a block, six rebounds, pretty good minutes for only – gives you 10 really good minutes. E.J. Montgomery played pretty well, hit a three-pointer, got a jump shot to go down. Play with some good energy. Quickly hit the, hit effectively the game-winning three. <clears throat> uh, and and Reed Travis again. He struggled with the length, but that's it is what it is. But a really good, solid game. Otherwise, played good defense. Had twelve rebounds. Uh, so Reed Travis gives you some pretty good minutes. Kentucky playing as about a good as about as good as anyone in the country right now. They, they've looked terrific. All right, now Tennessee, Tennessee. I watched the end of this game, a lot of the second half of this game. And Grant Williams, I, I will say Grant Williams was was awesome, right? 43 points, 23 of 20, like 23 of 23 from the line for a big guy. That never that doesn't happen anymore. So so props to him, he was really good. But my goodness, did they get some help? And I've seen Aaron Torres say that Vandy Vandy blew it themselves. It wasn't the ref's fault. He was both the hook and hold call, which that they called on the Vanderbilt player, I forget who it was, wasn't really. It shouldn't have even been a common foul. I don't think. I look at it again. Grant Williams flopped. He he flopped. I mean, it was what it was. He totally flopped. <clears throat> now did Vandy have some turnovers and whatnot at the end of the? Yes, they did. Saban Lee dribbled it off his foot when he after they got a stop. Up two with like forty something seconds, he needs to dribble that ball or take the ball out and get fouled and make free free throws and be done with it. Um, but he tries to attack and dribbles off his foot, gives Tennessee a chance to tie it up. But that doesn't happen without the awful flagrant call, which spotted Tennessee four points with <coughs> without letting really any time go off the clock. Terrible, terrible call. It's that hook and hold call, but it wasn't even a hook and hold. That didn't even happen. So Tennessee lucks out. The difference between Tennessee and Kentucky right now, we're talking about the top of the SEC. Tennessee had two games against Vandy and Alabama that they won. <coughs> they got help. Alabama didn't make free throws. Bad John Petty call for a walk. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, and then this game, the hook and hold, the, the phantom hook and hold call. I'm going to get another drink of water real fast. (coughs) (coughs) Okay. Kentucky against Seton Hall and Alabama had games where they had the game-winning – they could have made a game-winning shot and they missed it. That's the difference right now. Kentucky has a much superior resume at this point. Tennessee's wins are – Gonzaga, great win. But then then after that, big fall off. Louisville, neutral court at Florida. They didn't beat anyone else of, of note. Their next best win after that is probably either <coughs> at Memphis or at Missouri. 
He, tell me, do you, do you think that's a good win? Probably not. Kentucky, on the other hand, North Carolina, at Louisville, at Auburn, Mississippi State. Should they win on Saturday? That'd be Kansas, the only team that's beaten Tennessee. Uh, so they're looking – so as far as the resume-wise, I mean, they don't have any bad losses, right? Their only loss is, ten, or is to uh, Kansas on a neutral court. That's not a bad loss. It's, a, it's about as good of a loss you can have. But their resume is not very impressive at this point. It's not. And it really it kind of hurts them. They get an, they get an easy game. They, they play West Virginia at home. But you'd rather play a good team from the Big 12. You'd rather play a, an Iowa State. You'd rather play a Kansas, which I, that wouldn't have happened again. But you'd rather play a really good team. But, of course, West Virginia was supposed to be – was thought to be good. They weren't. <coughs> um, so that that's their matchup. And it, you, you can't really help yourself um, with, with a win. You can only hurt yourself. So, it's looking more and more like Tennessee might have peaked. It's looking more like like they peaked in late December, early January. Now, they are finding ways to win games they shouldn't win, which there is something to be said for that. It's impressive. And Grant Williams is last year. I said he wasn't the SEC, he should have been the SEC Player of the Year. It should have been uh, Bryce Brown. I believe that, but this year he's going to be the SEC Player of the Year, and he deserves it. Like, Schofield hasn't been – Schofield was better last year, in my opinion, than Williams. This year it's been the other way around. Williams has totally dominated games. Um, they, but, man, they've been, they haven't looked so good. They're not hitting threes. And that's a team – and that's another team like Michigan. They need to hit threes. And then they're not defending at a high level as much right now. <clears throat> Maybe it's a slump, but they, but they don't have youth. It's not like if Kentucky hits a wall – well, they're younger. Right? They've been playing with each other all this much. It, it, freshmen revert. That's what they do. These guys are juniors. Some seniors. I, I wonder if Tennessee might have peaked. We'll see. Uh, their upcoming schedule, they're probably going to end up going to Rupp as the top-ranked team in the country. Um, they're currently number one now. You know, West Virginia at home. Win. At South Carolina, that's the only game they might lose. South Carolina's been really good at home. They just beat Auburn. Um, that was a... Sh- that was a shocker to me. At A&M, that, the, they won't have problems there. Missouri at home, Florida at home, South Carolina at home. Those all should be wins. The only If they don't lose South Carolina, they're going to be undefeated coming into to UK. And, and they still should beat South Carolina, but that's the only game I'd say that they have a chance of losing. So, you're going to go, you know, in Kentucky, should they win out? It, it's going to be a one, it's, it's going to be a top five matchup. If Kentucky wins out up to that point, I don't see how they're not a top-five team. So we'll just have to see with that. Um, but February 16th <coughs> is your date for that one. Uh, Going to be a great game. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Good thing we're close to the end because I'm coughing quite a bit. Gonzaga destroyed Santa Clara by a, by a lot. By 60 last night, so Gonzaga's still good. Louisville, they've been really good lately. Uh, since <coughs> since losing the heartbreaker at Pittsburgh in overtime, I think they've won either four or five straight. Obviously, the, the Carolina game on the row is the headliner. Just beat their second-ranked team um, in conference play, NC State, by seven. Um you know, really good. Cade Cunningham, or excuse me, not Cade, uh, Christian Cunningham, <coughs> excuse me, has been absolutely terrific for the cards. Um, he's a better floor general than Quentin Snyder ever was, and it, it's showing. He, he's been terrific. Jordan Wara, you know, he, he kind of, even in off games, he, he's still good. Dwayne Sutton's been a much better player this year. Um, Steven Enix, I mean, Louisville. Chris Mack's a really good coach. And to get this team, which I didn't think was very good, very talented coming in, <coughs> I mean, they, they, uh, they're they a legit top 20 team. <coughs> and, I mean, winning at Carolina, I, that, that was stunning to me. But they've looked really good. Um, their, their upcoming schedule, so that they play Pittsburgh, and then at Wake, they'll win those two because those two teams are really bad. <coughs> but then 
is where then all of a sudden it starts getting a little tougher. Carolina at home, at Virginia Tech, at Florida State, Duke at home, Clemson at home. That's eh. at Syracuse, Virginia, at Boston College, Notre Dame, at Virginia. I see this team probably going into the ACC tournament as a ten loss team, but that's okay. That can, that can still get you a five seed. I think this team's gonna be a four or five seed. I think that's what they're looking at. But if they steal one of these games, they can they have room to improve. But I, there's a couple like I, you know I don't. Car- I can see Carolina now. Carolina starting to pick it up. I I don't know if Louisville can beat Carolina, Carolina even at home. If Carolina's playing the way they they playing their best, Tech on the road is gonna be tough. They can win that game. That's gonna be tough. Same with Florida State. Duke, I don't. They're not beating Duke. Uh, I would that would stun me. Maybe they do, but I doubt it. <clears throat> Regardless, Chris Mack has that team rolling, rocking and rolling. All right, real quick. <coughs> All right. So, for whatever reason, <coughs> Auburn and Mississippi State and LSU are not a part of the challenge, but I think it's ridiculous because <coughs> after Kentucky and Tennessee, those are probably the next. Those are probably the next three best teams. So, I don't know why Vandy keeps getting a spot or A and M. I know A and M was good last year, or Georgia even. Georgia hasn't been good. In, a while, but that's what it is. So I'm going to go through and pick these games real fast. All right, Iowa State, Ole Miss. I th- a lot of people are picking Iowa State. I guess it's because there's a Big Twelve bias. I guess I, I think Ole Miss is going to win at home. It's a home game for Ole Miss, and they're coming off the, the Alabama beat them pretty bad. Um, in Tuscaloosa, I think they're smarting from that. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think they're going to play much better basketball. <clears throat> and I think they're going to win. It's going to be close, but I, I think Ole Miss wins with their good interior defense and the, their uh, three-point shooting and their youth. I mean, I mean Blake Henson, K.J. Buffin have been really good. Alabama and Baylor. This might be the best game of outside of Kentucky-Kansas. This is the game you want to watch <clears throat> at, a, at noon Eastern time. So Bama goes to Baylor. Bama has been t- really good lately. Uh, they really should have won three straight because that Tennessee, but they didn't win. That's a, that's okay. <clears throat> I think Alabama's going to win. I, I think most people are going to pick the home team in this Baylor. I think the winner of this game is going to be. I mean, Alabama's currently the, like the last team in. I, I think they win this game. This will solidify their bid big time. So I'm I'm going to pick uh, Alabama in this. Florida at TCU. Florida's really inconsistent. They haven't looked good recently. I'm going to go with TCU. Uh, but, but again, if Florida wins this game, big bubble game. If Florida can win this, <clears throat> it will ha- help their chances immediately. So Bama and Florida have the most to gain um, if they can win their road games. South Carolina, Oklahoma State. South Carolina's been a bad team on the road this year. I'm still going to pick them, though. Oklahoma State's pretty awful. They're uh, an 11-8 team. Give me Frank Martin and Chris Silva. Texas at Georgia. I'm not picking Georgia. That, that they're not very good. <clears throat> I've seen them play. They they just don't have enough scoring. I'm going to take Texas, even though Texas is inconsistent. They have some good wins on the resume, uh, some impressive wins. They have more athleticism. Give me Shaka Smart, Kerwin Roach, and Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes also can match up with that Georgia long front court. Kansas State at A&M. Easy pick. Kansas State. They're on fire. Adams, the worst team in the conference. Tennessee at West Virginia, again, easy pick. Tennessee at home against a bad West Virginia team that really doesn't have any semblance of offense and no saw Kanate. <coughs> Oklahoma, or Vanderbilt at Oklahoma, give me Oklahoma. They, Oklahoma didn't play great recently, but I, I think they're the superior team. And then, Kansas, and then the final two, Kansas at Kentucky. Give me Kentucky. I just don't see how Kansas wins this game without Dedrick Lawson going for 30 and LeGerald Vick going for 30. Hitting ten threes. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe Kentucky goes and stinks up the joint. But I just think Kentucky's playing too well right now. They're playing really good defense, especially on the perimeter. I think Kansas has to hit threes, and they're not a good three-point shooting team. They really only have one threat. Quentin Grimes has to be good in this game, and he hasn't been recently. So I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the the Wildcats in this one, and then Texas Tech. Uh, 
and Arkansas at Texas Tech. Texas Tech is going to rebound from the three-game losing streak and beat the Razorbacks at home. Culver, I expect him to have a good game. Arkansas is not going to be able to score. Okay, that is all for this episode. I'm sorry I did not get to rank my teams. I'm sorry. I will do that next time. How about that? Uh, and I'll get, we'll get a clearer picture after this weekend of games. Um, but thank you all for listening. Uh, about all things college basketball. Should be a fun weekend. Watch the SEC Big 12 tournament. A lot of good matchups against Bama and Baylor, Florida, TCU. Should be really good games. But thank you all for listening. And, uh, yeah, 